0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. All right, in today's episode, we answered live questions from listeners and viewers just like you. So we actually coached people on air live. That's the back half of the episode The front half of the episode is an intro portion where we talk about current events. We're bringing up scientific studies, and we talk about our sponsors. Today's intro was 42 minutes long. All right, this is what happened in today's podcast. We open up by talking about Justin flexing. Oh, yeah, he flexes all the time now that he's getting super buff. Usually you have to pay for that. Then we talked about the Viking Press, uh, one of our favorite pieces of equipment now. I brought up an article that uh, brought up averages of IQ by state. So uh, when you listen to that part, you might be surprised which state was in the bottom five.
2: You offended me with this.
1: Uh, Then we talked about education versus experience or career. So that was a great conversation. Then we talked about getting products that don't have toxins. Lots and lots of studies coming out showing that the chemicals that we're exposed to could be lowering testosterone, increasing our risk of Parkinson's, and much more. And the evidence is becoming overwhelming. If you want to get toxin-free products that are inexpensive, and that are also friendly to the environment, you got to go check out Public Goods. That's what they do. And because you listen to Mind Pump, you actually get a discount. Go to publicgoods.com forward slash Mind Use the code Mind Pump at checkout and get $15 off. $15. Your first order. Then we talked about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine putting on hold Uh-oh. by the CDC. Then we talked about the eruption at St. Vincent and the cruise ships who only allowed certain people on the ships. Ugh. Then we talked about Domino's Pizza. Uh, I guess they're delivering now with autonomous vehicles. That's good. That's good stuff. Mm. Uh, and then we talked about Skitchen. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> not We're a, bringing it back, Sal. No, that's not an STD. Let's, it's let's something Let's go else. Skitchen. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then we talked about uh, the interview that we did with NCI. Now, NCI is a certification course online for fitness professionals who'd like to coach people online. It's actually the best certification course that you'll find. So if you're a trainer and you want to further your education, or if you want to become a trainer, go check them out. And we have a massive hookup for you. So go to NCICertifications.com forward slash MindPump and go check out their massive, uh, huge offer for mind pump listeners. Um, Then we got into the questions. The first question was from David from California. He wanted to know how to integrate kettlebell training into his barbell and dumbbell routine for better aesthetics and strength. The next question, this person wants to know uh, how they should work out after having twins. So they're having twins. Congratulations. I want to know what they should do afterwards. The next question was from Sam from Saudi Arabia. This person wants to know about Ramadan, wants to know how they should change their training and how they should approach their diet. Um, And the next question was from Maria from California. This person wants to know how they can strengthen their core for Olympic weightlifting. And the final question is from Dan from Australia. This person is uh, 39. They got two kids. They're doing okay, but they're kind of overeat sugar. Would like some strategies on how to eat less of it so they can get ripped just like Justin. Uh, Also, um, this month we're running a huge promotion on one of our most popular workout programs and one of our most popular workout program bundles. Both of them great to help you get ready for the summer. So right now you can get MAPS Anabolic 50% off, and you can also get the Shredded Summer Bundle 50% off. By the way, the Shredded Summer Bundle has MAPS Aesthetic, MAPS Prime, MAPS Hit, and the Intuitive Nutrition Guide. So you can get both of them half off. Go check them out. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code April special with no space for that discount. Is it just me or is Justin beefy right now? Look at that. I feel like that no, too, dude. Come what on, bro, do a real flex. always make fun of yours. Ah. Holy
3: shit! He beefed out, dude. He, he, did he, he get put, Did you put dungarees on. When, he, when he, fle- he flexes, like an athlete, totally he doesn't <laughs> have a flex. Yeah, yeah. When I watch him flex, I, like, no, no, you know I remember when we were. I remember when we were doing the, like getting him all lean and shredded when we first started the podcast, oh, yeah. and we're like practicing, and he's like.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, like, my boy is so just, awkward
1: right now. Hey, but you know, hey, here's the deal. It's like, it's like, hey, pretend you're holding a helmet. You know what a- though?
3: Hey, real, <laughs> real talk though. Real talk. I I hated that piece. Posing. Hated that piece. Yeah. And I had to do it a lot just to get as terrible as I am at it. Like it is. It's, <laughs> what you saw was Adams practicing his ass off. Yes. No. Really. It's it's it's, it's like dance moves. There, yeah. No. There's definitely an art I liked, to it. I, my favorite and part
1: was when you would turn and you go.
3: Yeah, you, <laughs> shake, you shake it out. What is there, that, I mean. dude? Yeah, I don't, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's like a, you fart and you're like. No, it's, ju- it's just like, a, like how an, an athlete walks up to the plate to, to get ready. For, it's like a routine. It's like you, you've uh, yeah. trained and practiced that it's all. It's the same thing. Sometimes I really appreciate your sales skills. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah to, to, it's to like, no, again. like, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, you it, it is. Ritualize it. Yeah, you do. You have to ritualize it to get yeah. it. Cause here's the thing you, when you get on stage, you don't get a mirror. So you practice it in front of the mirror a thousand times yeah. to get to that position to showcase See, now, the physique. Now
1: here's the thing though, okay? Is, does Justin really not know how to flex, or does he just pretend? Because I caught him once, Adam. We were back there in the bathroom, and I was going to the bath, and he didn't know that I was, you know, C- crowding your mirror. Tone? That I was, I was. No, he didn't know that I was on the toilet. Oh, oh. He walks in, and it's right when I'm up and I'm ready to open the door, and I hear. Ugh. Like, I hear that from him, and I open no, the door. Yes, dude. You lie. And I caught him. Is he, is he telling the truth? Yes, dude. Is he what? telling the truth? Yeah, no, he literally, hey, this is literally what he said. I hear, oh, and then I hear him go. <laughs> and, he, hey, hey, and then he goes like this. He goes, it's something like, they don't even know. Shit like that. <laughs> 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 and I so full of shit. And I, you no, know, I swear to God. They don't even know. They don't even know. They don't and know, even know what, what's knew. coming. Hey, hey I open the door. <laughs> what and What did they and I say? That <laughs> hey, my hey, split, split, second. Myself, <laughs> split second. By myself. Split second, he's like, he's like, he got caught. And then he played it off like, yeah, anyway, I knew. Yeah, that's right. I knew you were in there. I knew you were there. Nah, you flex, bro. Don't lie, dude.
2: I mean. Hey. I do check-ins. You you can't be that myself
1: and not flex, bro. Let's be honest, because he's not thick. He's. I don't, that, I don't that,
2: talk that, to myself that,
1: that, that's, that's a lie You said something that's dude totally It was like that It was like no <laughs> don't even
2: know I mean I pr- <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about us bro Like <laughs> we don't you know <laughs> You know what i I, saying? I hope I said that That's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a fucking asshole No No, no you're doing
1: good bro uh, doing, I saw you moving Yeah hella, You were moving hella weight today What were you doing uh, mm-hmm. Overhead presses and shit Yeah it's fun Show me up These kids don't even know What time it is I love that thing by the
3: way The Viking
1: press Yes What a wonderful It's the best you know it's funny. It's the silliest fucking thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bar on, on you put it on the rack and whatever. It's the best shoulder press machine. I'll put it in the category Hands machines down, dude. that I've ever used. Yeah. Better than I mean, I like free weights, right? So I like dumbbells and barbells and all that stuff. But like hammer strength, uh, seated plate loaded, it's amazing. any any machine for shoulders, it's superior. Mm-hmm. Just what just the the angle of push, the way it causes you to straighten your body out. I Everything. love it. Yeah, you,
3: know, you saw it first on our buddy Ben Pollock, right? He was the one doing it. And God, I love that thing. Yeah, and then he was explaining kind of like how to put it together. Yeah, I'm like oh,
4: that looks kind of cool.
3: You know, he told me he told me that it made a huge difference on his uh, bench strength. Really? So he saw. I wonder his... if it's that full extension, of course, it encourages and that, it's right? the angle. It's mm-hmm. like the angle that you you're you're, you're coming you're coming from right here, and you're pressing all the way up, and,
2: and, and then you move yeah, your you body. Give, forward. You put your body into it, which is what I love.
1: That's yeah. the part that I really appreciate. Yeah, you don't no. get that from a
2: lot. of Yeah, machines. I, it, it
1: gives me the uh, the fastest pump. Of almost any shoulder yeah, oh exercise yeah. You yeah, know it, punch, We haven't stage.
3: had a. I haven't had a piece of equipment Or an exercise Or something that I was that excited Maybe the last thing I could think about Was maybe when Justin Got us doing windmills I got pretty I got pretty excited about that For a little bit Yeah But this is more of like A bodybuilding Way different stati- yeah. yeah Like Justin introduced Windmills to us uh, Up until that point I had never trained them Almost sounds like you said Windmills Huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Meals yeah. Mills Sounds Windmills delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want any of your wind meals. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> yeah, yeah. nice windmills yeah, yeah. So- <laughs> mm, but my, no, but I, I, I love the way it feels. Now, I know that you can use, what's it called? The Viking press, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is called. You can use that for other exercises, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't like it for anything else. I yeah. think I just like this. No, That's the point. There, yeah. what are Sometimes
2: exercises. they nail it for one thing and then you see, and, and, and this is the problem with a lot of exercise tools like it's like there's something out there where everybody has to make up exercises around it just to sell it you know it's like like that's not like you can't make everything a full body machine
1: yeah no it yeah. does one thing really yeah, well so there's one thing yeah. really. let's just stick with that Yeah, no you know what you do you attach it to a barbell and then you put the other end in a landmine and then you see people doing exercise. But uh, here's why I don't like it. First off, a
2: T-bar row. Yeah, I was going to say, T-bar row might work.
1: Either the, but, No, I don't like it that way because that if I'm standing over the barbell the way that I want to when I do a T-bar row, so the weight comes into me, I can't do that with the Viking press because now the weights are down here and it's hitting my body. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. stupid. But if I stay away from the barbell, now when I do the row, because of the angle, the bar moves away from me. So now it becomes more biceps. Does that oh, make sense? Oh, yeah, 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 So as I'm rowing, if I'm staying in front of the barbell, it's that way. Yeah, no, that sounds stupid. Because right? it moves that way, it's more it's away from you. bicep flexion. I don't
2: want to do that shit. Yeah, yeah, no. But the overhead press? It's, you know,
1: it's we,
3: obviously gyms have been, like, kind of closed down for, like, the last year. So I, I wonder, when we first started the podcast, I felt like we were in, in the thick of the... The trendy like do weird shit on, on every... machines. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. add rubber bands to it. Is that still turns... happening? Yeah. So I was wondering the same thing too. Remember we used to hammer that pretty hard. Yeah, go uh, upside down a leg curl or weird. Yeah, or whatever. doing weird weird exercises this for one? every single machine. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> That's
1: exactly it right there. No, yeah. the side <laughs> right. chest press is my favorite, and you're gonna make that face <laughs> while you do it. <laughs> yeah. What
3: is that? Dude? Joey Swole, bro. Oh, That's yeah. what he, he was responsible for that. I don't know. I don't know who did that first. I don't know if someone taught know. him that. But boy, did he get everybody doing that. I oh yeah. Care. It was a it was gu- everywhere. guaranteed giveaway if I walked in a gym, and saw some you know seventeen year old kid doing that. I'm like, oh, you, you follow Joey Swar? <laughs> 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 yeah, you're trying to. We know not. your leader. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. hey, a um, uh, little trivia
1: question. You guys want to guess on which states have the highest IQ, and which states cumulative? Right. So they do this cumulative like IQ test or whatever averages. What states have the highest IQs and Root what Island. states
3: have the lowest IQs? Lowest and yeah. highest. Yeah. So okay, let me ask Wait, you guys. this. This Just- is going to be tough to not insult people here. So let me let me ask you know. that. All right, here, Just I'll make pick it. a real random
1: one. I'll make it easier, okay? Cuz we we're in California, so we could we could Speculate. I don't think we have. Where think... do you think California ranks at the high, near the highest or near the lowest? No, I would. I would actually
3: pick. Well, I would think we'd
2: we'll be about be the middle because we get all the Silicon Valley, you yeah, know, but that, brainiacs yeah, but that I, come
3: in here. But we also have the largest discrepancy, right, in like incomes. Yeah, right. So yeah. you have, and not to say that that's directly connected, but I'm sure there's some mm. correlation to sure, that, right? Sure. So. I, w- I would think that there is a, a pretty even mix. Um, yeah,
1: because what you think with California is people think, oh, the beach or Silicon Valley. It's such a small part, but there's right?
3: all
2: Central Valley. There's all there's this huge amount of land. Dude, yeah, and there's not a
1: lot of money over there. Oh, no, right? dude. So California actually is in the bottom yes, five. Yeah, I would have guessed wow. the middle now, to low. Now, this is crazy considering, you know, you you got some brilliant people that live in California. Uh, so there must be such a small percentage, a lot so. of idiots.
3: Average <laughs> <balance> it out. Well, let's
1: say, you got like... Like, you know, you got like the people who started, you know, the tech revolution in California, Elon Musk for- Yeah, but I well, here's- so I know everybody
2: appeared. left, all the smart yeah, ones. Yeah, but here's anyway. the thing though, Is that
3: what's All the right? smart ones left. I mean, here's the thing though. That's uh, a person, right? Like you, you we, we think like, we think Elon Musk and you think of, you know, Steve Jobs, that's one man who employed- you know hundreds of thousands of people so like you think of it as a company so you think like that but yeah. it's really he's yeah. he's respo- yeah. he by punchers. himself is yeah. responsible for that that doesn't necessarily mean that the 100,000 people that work for him are brilliant yeah. So it's really not that many people that we're we're talking about. when You talk about these. So here's CEOs. the bottom five, right? Mm. So the last
1: place is Mississippi <laughs> with a with an average IQ of ninety four point two. Then 49th is Louisiana, ninety five point three. Then California, ninety five point five, and then next Hawaii, ninety five point six. I would not and have guessed New that Mexico. California that the, low. The number one state for average IQ is Massachusetts at the hundred and four point three, and then second is New Hampshire. Is that because Harvard's there? I have yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't. <laughs>
3: I don't have any very idea. Very that's a good point. Are they are they yeah. adding them in there cuz that's not very And it's fair. a smaller population. Yeah, right. well, best. So cal- the
2: averages, yeah, it's like it's all averages. Yeah. So we, like California is such a huge population. It does. We have a we have the largest population.
3: That's a population. really good point. Like are we including are they like did they go yeah, around Yeah, but Texas
1: is 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 the second most populous state and did, it wasn't in the bottom 5 or whatever. I don't know what hmm. Yeah, but does was. it doesn't have
3: an Ivy League school in there either though. Could Texas? <coughs> no, uh it doesn't know. have an Ivy League. They don't have an Ivy League? An Ivy League? I don't think so.
2: Where are
1: the Ivy League schools? Most are on the East Coast, East Coast
3: is
2: where it all Yeah, of mm-hmm. Ivy Really? Isn't yeah. Stanford considered well, Ivy League here in California? Doug, pull up all the Ivy League. So we,
1: because we actually asking the two guys yeah, that don't got, have a college got, degree. Yeah, we got one guy that went <laughs> to college. Sal <laughs> uh,
4: <yeah,
2: laughs> and I argued about it. Like, yeah. Some weird dummies. Yeah.
1: Hey, I had this conversation with Jessica's family because her, her sister in law is going through nursing school and she's actually crushing right now, which is pretty cool. It's exciting. But we were talking about, uh, Education. It, look at New yeah. York, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, New yeah, York, you're is right. Connecticut, Massachusetts—all yeah. the old schools, right? And we were talking okay. about uh, education, and uh, she goes, "Sal, did you, you know, did you go to college?" I said, "No." I, in fact, I took one class. She's like, "Wow, you, you only finished one class?" I said, "No, no, no, literally." One class, I went in, <laughs> sat down for one class, <laughs> left, went back to the gym. Yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah, yeah. oh, I gotta listen <laughs> to this bullshit. Takes some. Notes. I never asked. I'm gonna go back. Dude, you, I'm gonna they, go run the gym. That's it, huh? You really wouldn't want. Literally, time. dude. I walked. You guys know me, bro. I first of all, I love learning. It's not. It's not a learning thing. I love learning. That environment is so. Terrible.
3: Yeah, thing. but let me tell you something about you mm-hmm. that I've learned from from working with you. Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, here is, we go. Okay, uh, yeah.
3: You love yeah. learning what the fuck you want to learn. No shit. You have and no desire to. It. I don't give a shit how important it is if it is not what you want to learn. Absolutely. But if it is something you want to learn, you'll go deeper than anybody I know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, no, that's true. I, it's again,
1: it's like balls and it, deep, and
3: <laughs> hell of deep. Yeah. But the,
1: but I mean, that's that's that environment doesn't work for me because I'm not interested in this. This is not interesting me. Yeah. And you're sitting in this this classroom, listening to the person, take your notes, do this whatever. Oh, I get the fuck out of here. I can't yeah. do that. So
3: yeah, I lasted. I lasted two years. So I went through. I almost Did got. Did you my, get your AA? I was. Uh, I was. I think thirteen units somewhere around there. Shortly. Really? Yeah. So I was close. That my the thing. The kicker for me that made me stop was when we moved to or when I moved. I moved to San Jose. Uh, to come in, move with my grandma. And the idea was this because I was I was kind of paying my own my own way to everything at that time. And it was hard, you know, being a 17 year old kid and paying rent car stuff and and paying for school and, and then and working, you know, a full time job while doing all that. My grandma, I knew that I could go move in with her. She had a, a, an apartment two two bedroom. And I could she would rent for like 300 bucks to me in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. which is next to nothing. Right. And she would I'd be able to eat with her. So really low bills. I wouldn't have to work much. And then I could just like grind on school. Mm-hmm. And so I when I moved over here, <clears throat> I had about a, th- a three month lag time before the next semester started. And so I was like prepping everything. I was in the computer. I had set up my own little like you know, desk office set up in my bedroom. I'm like all ready to be all schooled out. Right. I'm about to knock this degree out Mm. and uh, was so discouraged because it was so competitive to get classes. I couldn't get a single class I needed to finish. Oh yeah. And so I was going to have to, and and in order to get the class you want, you got to get enrolled. So then the next time way ahead of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I was like so pissed that I had the cause I did not understand this like I, no one had told me this I didn't know it was going to be like this so I went in this I'm doing do this whole life changing move leave my 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 friends and where my hometown I'm going to go here I'm going to buckle down school that's all I'm going to do and I'm going to knock this degree out and then my first experience of getting enrolled at JC over here to finish off the AA <clears throat> not a single class that I could take mm-hmm. that was that would apply to it I was so pissed now were
1: you that. working as a trainer at this point
3: I was and, and, so so, I, and
1: you're already ma- you're starting to see you're making a lot so of money so that's what
3: that's why it was, it was, I mean, it was a relatively easy decision, right? It wasn't the, it wasn't an easy decision. I remember I, I went back and forth on it for a really long time. What was happening was I went across the street cause I, there was a 24 hour fitness across the street and I walked in to get a membership and I was already, I had already bought a national certification cause I thought it would be cool to have a job one day. I wasn't like in any hurry to do it at one day as a personal trainer. So I bought this national cert kind of barely going through it while I was also going to school with the desire to go and finish my kinesiology degree. And when I wrote that down on the profile, <clears throat> that got the attention of the fitness manager who came over and was like, hey, you want a job? And I'm like, uh, I wasn't really trying to get a job. I just wanted a membership. So the membership comes for free when you have a job. It's okay. I'm listening. And so I tell him that I would be willing to work part-time because I have school coming up in three months. In that three-month time of getting ready to go to school, Every single paycheck every two weeks increased. And you got to remember that I was a kid that was working at a dairy before that, and I had worked myself up to $7 an hour. All of a sudden, I'm making like $30 an hour plus commissions, Mm -hmm. plus bonuses. It was more money than I'd ever seen in my life before. And you loved it. And I loved it. Yeah, that
1: was me. I loved what I did, and I was making six figures at Mm. at, 18 years old, and I remember- you know, telling my, you know, thinking about going to college and what I wanted to do. And I remember looking up the average pay of a physical therapist at the time, which is what I was going to go to school for. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm making more than that. Now I'm not working in a shitty hospital. I love the gym. Uh, maybe I'll just give this. Now, a shot. did you have
3: did you have something that someone said to you that lit a fire in you at all? Did you like, Do you remember? Do you recall that, or was it just purely like I love doing this? It's not bro. I was
1: you? I love that shit.
3: I was hyper day one. I went in there
1: and just went crazy. But really, it was a conversation with my general manager because uh, this is right before I took my first class and was like, hell no. I signed up and I told him. I said, ah man, I don't know if maybe maybe I need to step down. At the time, I was uh, I was going. I was, I was a fitness manager and I was good. I was going to maybe step down so I could go to school. And we were talking and he goes, bro, he goes, I know how much you make. Are you sure? He goes, don't you love this? I said, yeah. And he goes, you know how much physical therapists make? And we talked about it. And mm-hmm. and he's like, why, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, it's, I, I couldn't logically justify it at yeah. all. Because I said, you know, to be honest with you, I don't want to work in a clinical setting and I'm making more money and I love this. Um, and so it just made sense. And so my, what I told myself was I'll give myself one year. That's mm-hmm. why I said. I said, I'll, I'll do this for a year. Yeah. And at, at the end of the year, I could always decide. To go back to school, and of course, the rest of history. If I so.
2: found the gym in in that work environment like you guys did before, I probably would have been in the same predicament. I just had a massive chip on my shoulder. Like I literally just graduated with uh, purely out of grudge. You know, like I, I wanted to, you know, <laughs> well, this, is, prove where you, everybody this out. is where you and I connect very well. This is where we're a lot alike for sure. Mm. Yeah. And so, I mean, it you was, it was a nobody. <laughs> I definitely hold a grudge, you know, to everybody that was doubting me, you know, and, and that was literally what fueled it, that and also playing ball as long as I possibly could. Like that was like my last chance to actually like suit well, yeah. up Did you, play, and you do were, my thing. You
1: played at a pretty damn good level. I made perfect sense. I yeah. had nothing pulling me to go
3: there yeah. at,
1: at all. There was no, no, I didn't play any sports. It did, I hated it. I'm yeah. gonna make less money and stop doing the things. There's that I also love.
3: a lot. There's also a lot of power in knowing how to tap into. Pain like that. Mm. I mean, there's a really good book you'd like that I'm reading right now. It's called Your Your Next Five Moves. I think is the, the name of it. I'm really enjoying it right now. And he talks about like the ability to tap into that, like the you know, and to not be handcuffed by it, right? To where you feel like yeah, or it, it's like an insecurity that just yeah, drives shit. right. You know. But there there's there's nothing wrong with using that and and using it as rocket fuel to take you wherever you want to go. And and that I can identify with that. I remember I had a conversation with. I'll never forget after I got my national cert, I was getting ready to move to San Jose. I was talking about my degree uh, that I wanted to get in kinesiology. And I'm sitting down with my girlfriend at the time, her father, who was a lawyer, really, really smart guy, respected him, like, and uh, very knowledgeable, very successful, and uh, inspired to be like him, right? And I, he just totally crushed me by telling me that, like, it was it was a terrible idea. Like, just, you know, getting a kinesiology degree is a waste of time. If you're going to go in the fitness and gym industry, you'll never make more than $50,000 a year. And it, like, just – and I, at that time, I already committed to all this, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, like, after the fact. It's like, I got the, the, the national cert. I'm moving to San Jose. I'm, this is what I'm – I've got my plan in my head. And then I'm sitting down. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, asking me, and I'm laying out my plan. And mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, yeah, well, so you're going to settle for – 50 grand or less for the rest of your life. You want to date
1: my daughter? Yeah. That's, and that's how
3: I, and of course I'm in love with this girl. It's my high school sweetheart type of deal. And I'm just like, I feel like this guy just thinks I'm a puke. That was a huge motivator for me for yeah. a very long time. No,
1: you know what the reality mm-hmm. is? If you got a, if, if you're a kid and you got the drive and the ambition and the work ethic, you're going to be fine. That's yeah. truth. You're going to be fine. Wherever you apply it. That's not going to, it doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire or whatever, but you're going to be okay. You can work in, in, in most industries, and you're and you're going to find a way to do okay and to be successful, regardless of uh, education. And that's the truth. And that's why when they do these studies and they say. People with a degree make X amount more dollars. What they don't control for is that because what you get with a lot of people who don't go to college is a lot
3: of them just aren't fucking driven. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and, and a lot of kids that go to college at least are driven enough to do that. Well, yeah,
3: it's a bias, right? You get right. You, you get a bunch of kids that at least know how to apply discipline, right, That's in right. order to get your degree. You still takes, have to be disciplined. It takes sacrifice, right. d- discipline, oh, yeah. was, consistency. It grueling, dude. So it definitely get, it's just like people that go through the military. Like That's it, right. you get a lot of great benefits from doing that because it lays a foundation that, right. that carries over. Over into success in life, so that's really the bias from college it has very little to do with the degree in which you, I mean shit I don't know I mean I bet if we quiz Justin right now on half the shitty learning college I bet he couldn't please don't yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and most people can't you know yeah. but what you did get from that is the the what, the idea of like hey having like a a. A schedule and uh, you know studying for things and being and sacrificing and being mm-hmm. consistent and discipline well, I mean, yourself. And, and a lot of it depends, uh, of, of course,
1: of course, on the field. In some cases, it's required and it makes a lot of sense. But even especially today, because of the cost of education. More and more people now are starting to weigh it out. Because in the look when Doug went to school, um, it was so inexpensive. On dinosaurs. And, and the they internet. Had, like rocks. Yeah. And it just like <laughs> chiseled. You know, he, went like to, <laughs> he went to college. With, with John the Baptist. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote a stegosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, no, the truth is, it was so inexpensive. There was no internet. So he, it would have been much more difficult to gather, <laughs> to gain skills. And it wasn't like he'd go into debt going to college back right, then. Right, so it right. made sense today you get a lot of people now who are weighing it out and going okay like you know who was i talking to i was talking to to a family friend and young kid and he's like you know i i I, he was talking about college and he says i said well what do you want to do he goes well i want to be an an entrepreneur i want to start a business i'm like okay uh he goes should should i go to school what are you going to learn there that's going to be valuable besides you know and and that not going to debt i said you're better off, whatever field you want to start your business in, go do a free internship. Go work under someone. It'll be for free, but you're not going to go into debt. You'll learn way more in a short period of time there than you will going to school. Now, if he had told me that he wanted to be a surgeon, uh, then I would have been like, yeah, for sure. You're going to have to go get yeah, a formal yeah. education. So, yeah. it's just You got to you got to look at it all. And people are doing that you know, yeah, a lot yeah. nowadays. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, I've been getting – so you guys know uh, there was that article I brought up a couple times. On the fertility crash or whatever they're, they're right. predicting, You're scaring the shit out of us. Yeah, like testosterone's low, sperm counts are down, women are less fertile. Um, I even brought up some studies on uh, Parkinson's going through the roof, and they mm. think it's these, this particular chemical that you find in like carpet cleaners and mm. uh, and stuff like that, right? So there's a lot of new science coming out that's showing that uh, a lot of these these products that we've used for a long time, cleaning products uh, plastics and things that we use have a lot of these chemicals. Those people are like, okay, I'm a little afraid. What do I do? Where do I go? What's easy? And it's like, there's so much stuff that we could go down a list of all the things that you use. So, uh, I'm just pointing people now to our sponsor public goods because Mm -hmm. it's part of their, that's part of their, their whole business, their uh, mission, their whole model. Yeah. Is part of their models based on that? All their products are devoid of those toxic. Speaking things. of public, so you goods, can get all
3: your stuff there, and you'll and you know you're you're relatively safe. Speaking of public goods, last actually last night Katrina was reordering our stuff, and so I've actually now started. So we no longer work with um uh what call it the other soap company. And uh, I started to. We'll just use call them that. The yeah. other soap yeah. company. The other one. And she actually was like, "I'm so glad you guys aren't working with him, and you're and you like the public goods soap." And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Have you seen what uh, our order is for public goods?" And I'm like, "What?" Because we use because we use everything now. Like, we, like I have paper got. Towel, toilet mm-hmm. Paper towel, totally. Oh yeah, detergent, all, yeah. everything. Yes, yeah, we here. all the laundry detergent, the softener in it, the uh, spray for the counters, yeah, like we, all the soaps and the uh, hand soaps. Now I use the the bar soap. Like I use all the stuff. She's like, you know what our, and I mind you, I put it in every room. I got it all stocked up. She's like, our order is under a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's how cheap it is. Yeah. Hell Crazy. of
1: it is super inexpensive yes. and it's and part of their business model is avoiding all these known toxic chemicals. So mm-hmm.
3: but normally when you buy stuff like that, right? Cuz almost all of our partners are like that, right? Where we 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 partner it's with It's more people. expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. No, they're not. Very very expensive, but no, they're they're, they're extremely But I like it
1: because when I'm taught when I'm cuz I'm trying to help people, right? And I get a lot of DMs so I can't answer everybody, but I try to help as much as I can. And it's like I have to go down the list. What's the best shampoo? What's the best soap? What about the best, you know, uh, moisturizer? So rather than doing all that, here, go to this one place. Everything there right, right. Is, falls yes. under they this category. For it. Yeah. Yes. And so it's a lot easier um, than having to pick one thing at a time. Right, right. Do so, anyway.
3: you guys see uh, the news that came out on Uber recently? No. Mm-mm. On their next big move? Uh-oh, what's no. going on? Uh-uh. Oh, you guys don't know? No. I actually, like no. uh, here's our stock update here. Doug, could you pull up Uber stock for me so I can see where it's at? Dude, I own some of their stock. Do you really? For a long time. Oh, boy. Buckle up this is going to be a good ride. Really? A yeah, I think so. Me I mean, I'm, where... I'm guessing, right? So I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'm guessing. Oh, shit. They're, <clears throat> they're, 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 they're kind of up a little bit. Well, yeah, probably because the news is coming out. So they are talking about um, acquiring a uh, marijuana delivery service.
2: Really? Oh, like
3: ease or one hell of those? yeah. Well, just think about how easy that would be for them to do it because they already have the driving force. Oh, but of course. Really? I mean, they did it with Uber Eats, right? That was yeah. an easy transition for them to become one of the big competitors with Doordash and all the other ones. Ooh. So that was an easy transition. So the next big thing they're looking to do is you know delivery service with marijuana, and that's exploding already as it is. So oh. imagine what a player they would be if they do that. Oh, marijuana
1: delivery is brilliant because if I know anything about stoners, it's this. They don't want to. Go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to get up, dude. Like,
2: oh. They're the I'd first really... one at the stoplight that you're just like honking is like, oh. Yeah.
3: yeah. I'd really like to get a joint, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to drive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Brilliant move, though, don't you think? Hella oh, yeah. smart. Yeah. Especially
1: yeah. if they can combine it with Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
3: I, no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No joke. Just think about that for a second. I mean, we talked about the, great the big. Combo. Remember when, you know, Jack in the Box made the move? To, I really believe that Jack in the Box had the foresight to know they were catering to a market that nobody was, which is the, all the still. Twenty four yeah. hours. Yeah, the, the, the stoners the drunks, that, and the drunks the stoners. that are up at two, three mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning and want something to eat. Like I just think this is another another brilliant move. Imagine that. You could be a stoner at three o'clock in the morning, order your jack in the box from Uber Eats, and he picks up I mean, a joint a joint on the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Game changer. Game changer. By yeah. the Penny way. Dropper. Come is, it, on, man. is it
1: is it yeah. <laughs> is it uh is it uh, Jack in the Box that has the tacos? Yeah. Yeah, see, you yeah, know it's weird. For cents. You uh, wouldn't even know Courtney that. He
2: loved those those tacos. You wouldn't
1: right? even know that, tacos, that they're that for a processed like for like the gross category of tacos. The best. Their yeah. tacos are better than Taco Bell's. Oh, yeah. I know is sure. they had the
2: colossal burger or whatever. It had like three patties and like just stuffed bacon each layer. You know, with cheese. It was it was insane. You sound horny. Like, <laughs> <talking about laughs>
1: it right
3: oh, my
4: God,
1: okay,
3: easy guy. I,
1: I, I, just,
2: I just like to slurp the
6: yeah.
1: oh my God. juice. All right, <laughs> hey, so let's talk a. Little little bit about current events so right now what's going there's a lot of are we gonna go controversy it's not really controversial doug come on stop shaking your head doug over there all right Mm -hmm. so here's so this is news right now right so johnson and johnson
3: oh this is controversial Mm -hmm. no it's not
1: rolls out i'm gonna tell you because this is a good conversation they roll out their vaccine right yeah and the cdc just halted it just halted it because there were about six cases of uh and there were women who had blood clotting disorders one death so they put a halt on the Johnson & Johnson. Oh, so I read
3: there was like an 18-year-old boy and someone else who's in critical condition.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I know from what I read, but nonetheless, the CDC said, let's put a halt on this. Now, here's the deal. So I have a lot of family members that uh, love to debate and discuss this kind of stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, okay, we obviously work in the fitness space. And I identified a long time ago that there's definitely uh, zealots on one side who are like, I believe everything... That the FDA tells me, I will follow the government regulations and recommendations because that's the best. <laughs> yeah. And then there's zealots on the other side who are like, if it's not yeah. if it's not hundred percent, if it's not an essential oil, then I'm not going to. Did use you know
3: it. I didn't believe that other side you just said until just recently? Like, I have a, I have a neighbor who has like a, a a sign that's out on their on their yard that says like, we believe Doctor Fauci.
2: Yeah, no. I, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah That's yeah, a yeah. sign. Yeah. So there's zealots on both like, sides. Like you really need a sign yeah.
2: for that? I know, yeah. dude. And really?
1: so so I, I got this argument with one of my family members because they were like, You I mean, see one
2: or one more immunologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, no, they're like, <laughs> they're, they're, like just oh, Fauci.
1: they're like, you know what? I knew it. You see, I told you the vaccines are bad. I'm like, you know what, dude? They're fucked if they do or they don't. Because right. if the CDC says nothing, then you're like, oh, they're in bed with the vaccine companies. They all want to make money. Then the CDC says, halt it. And rather than being like, oh, good job, they actually are trying to keep keep. keep us safe. You're gonna say something like, Ah, I told you it was bad. Right, right. It's like, come on, man. There's 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 a little bit of zealotry happening on, on both, both sides. sides. No, I agree. Absolutely. With that. So yeah. is
2: Johnson and Johnson the only one under fire right now, that vaccine to the other one? AstraZeneca are- too, which was uh the UK
1: based uh, company. Okay. Yeah, that they had they had some issues too.
3: But you know, here's the deal. now um, isn't now I mean, is this really out of the ordinary though for any vaccine, right? I mean, there's always isn't there always like a small percentage of people that have an adverse effect? So this is the current data.
1: As of right now now, um, the vaccines that are out have been administered, I think 180 or 200 million people. So hundred, like almost 200 million people have had wow. these vaccines, not the Johnson and Johnson one, but cumulative, right? All these vaccines that are out mm-hmm. so far. They've been proven to be remarkably safe and remarkably effective. Now here's the caveat. There's no way to know long-term effects until a few years from now. That's right. impossible. But so far short term, it seems to be uh, very, very it safe. looks promising. Now, here's this is a conversation I had with uh, my my buddies who were like, you know, all over the place. And I said, look, here's a deal. Like, I don't fully believe and trust. The government, because I work in the fitness industry and I know what the food pyramid looks like and all that shit, so I know that's bullshit.
2: Did terrible job.
1: I'm also not on the side that says everything that they say and put out is bullshit either. Mm -hmm. I've seen people hurt themselves with some of their wellness. (laughs) I'm not an anti-vaxxer, yeah, or or just you know, just like if it's not growing off a tree, then I won't touch it or whatever. Or you know, Western medicine is evil type of side. I'm not on either side. So what's what is the the I guess the what am I using as a litmus test? I like using the market. If hundreds of millions or billions of people are doing something and then we see this Three four years later, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just look at that. I'll look at that and see, and then start to make my well, decisions. Here's
2: enough. where I do have a bit of an issue. Um, so, did you guys hear about it what is it, uh, Saint Lucia, or uh, like it's it's one of those islands uh, oh, uh, where basically this. there was a, a volcano eruption, and so this is like a real national like a, a disaster, natural disaster uh, where they were trying to shuttle people off the island. It was Saint Vincent volcano, Saint Vincent. Yeah. Okay, so. Basically, like they they had uh, these cruise ships that were going out there to to save these people and get them off the island. And um, what what the stipulations were, though, according to their person in charge, was that they had to have a vaccine in order to get on board. Oh wow! And there's only ten percent of the population even had the vaccine or had access to it. So now what, what are you trying to say that these other people aren't valuable? Their life is not valuable. Oh, I mean, like that's a, t- a crime against humanity yeah. in my, in my perspective. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, If you
1: weren't vaccinated, they wouldn't let, and I get the, I get their logic, right? They're trying to say, look, we don't want to start a, a
2: COVID breakout on the, whatever. Sure. That's
1: but, I mean, I don't know, um, but it's an
2: extreme the... situation. Again, this is where you're, you're talking about zealots. That's zealotry. Like you can't, like you gotta, you gotta weigh it out. Like what's, uh, like there's always an well, exception. What's the percentage there's of people... always an exception to the rule. Well, That's no, exception to the rule. Also, what's the percentage of people that have recovered from COVID? Yeah. So well, uh... versus just letting people die uh you know from, from How many a volcano yeah. explosion <laughs> give me a fucking break what are your survival it's rates very it's with, very obvious
3: yeah
1: what's lava versus
3: covid yeah <laughs> so, okay so where is that at right now what's where i mean do we know what's happening are they st- really stranded over there like what's no going idea. on like that sounds uh, yeah crazy. i didn't do
2: it, that literally i just found God. out about this like yesterday so i was like very heated about it's, it yeah yeah vac-
6: oh wow only it just
1: vaccinated yeah just wow. just happened
2: yeah, yeah, I wonder it's it's erupting. We got to be ca- careful with
4: all this stuff. Okay, it's so
3: just- now, speculating time right here. So, do you guys think that? Because um, I, I think we're seeing what's happening. We're going to move in this direction. We're really soon here. Like uh, you know, a lot of flights are going to require. I think that's already happening, right? Some flights yeah. are requiring. Well, but-
1: some states have passed. I think there's three, well, three states that have said that they will ban any yeah. kind of COVID passport. In so 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 Texas, I can't remember the other one. So what if, it sounds wait, like wait, it wait, makes sense Go expi-
3: ahead. explain what that means. That they would ban a COVID passport.
1: Yeah, so a COVID passport would be like a government issued ID of some sort. They're talking about it being on your phone and that if you have a vaccine that you could scan it wherever and they'll say that you're vaccinated. And I know there's a few states that have put it they have passed laws that said we this will not be legal. We will not allow this mm-hmm. with our with
3: our residents. Yeah, but not allow what? I don't understand what they're, they're, they they're so saying. They won't, won't allow them in no, they're not allowing
1: the passports to be used in the state or to be they're not basically they're not legitimizing the passports in the state. Now here's the beauty of the state system in our country is there's a lot of there's this pushback. If, you know, fifteen of the states say that sorry, our laws say that it's not
2: gonna happen, then a federal, you know, passport system isn't going to work very well, is it? So let me ask you another question then about people that have certain conditions or they're going through chemo treatment or whatever. You cannot introduce... Uh, these type of vaccines to somebody, you know, in that state. No. Well, I had a family friend. Of that. So now, what, what what happens? They can't get a, a, a vaccine passport. You're going to discriminate against them. Well, yeah. no,
3: I had I had a family friend that that is is pregnant, just got pregnant, and was like, I don't want to take the vaccine right mm-hmm. now, but was being if they wanted to travel somewhere, they were going to have to do that. Yeah, and it's like so, well, private it, it, companies are free to do that. That's so the thing. okay. So that that was where I originally I was going at. Is so? Do you think that we're going to see airlines mm-hmm. that Require in airlines that don't require. I
1: it. I think that you're going to see some test it out. I definitely agree uh, that that's going to happen. The market will tell them if it's a good. But th- idea. like
3: this is the flaw
2: in mandating like a general rule like that. Yes, people yes, have so. to really think about that.
3: Yeah, no, I don't like mandating that you because in- that- I think that's the the move to me is that there's there's it's such a competitive market and again you're I know you're big on this. Let the market decide. That's right. Why not have you know half of the airlines that go hey we we allow anybody on here. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, Spir- well, airlines well right?
4: I'll
2: tell you, <laughs> we don't fuck around
3: right. <laughs> you know and then you have the other side yeah, that are like party. you know we you have to have all these boxes checked to get on our plane yeah. or sorry you ain't flying with us. Well, and right. i that's, think that there's a market for totally both. valid yeah. so
1: there was recently this happened where there was a couple with a child so i know if they're if a kid is like older than two or something like that they're required to wear a mask anyway the kid wouldn't wear a mask if you're a parent and you have a three-year-old you know how hard it is to get your kid to put on their fucking socks let alone wear a mask over their face on a plane right so Kid wouldn't wear it. The plane, the, the 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 people on the plane, not the people, but the the airline itself tried to kick these people off the plane. Like, sorry, you can't fly with us. The whole plane, all the passengers left. They oh,
4: it's so cool! They uh-huh. all left. Finally, yeah, really and they stood up.
1: Yeah. I did not Dude, know that. Yeah, there was a case uh, where that happened. Yeah, that, so, that, that, that gives me hope. Yeah, so everybody was like, "Hey, that's not cool. We're yeah, all going to walk that off." Is this is not cool. Yeah, wow. so you're you're seeing you're seeing this kind of pushback, and so. We will see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens with all of this. I don't like the mandated shit, though. I don't like force. If, yeah, you, no. You can't force me to put something in my body, no matter what. Now you can say I'm not allowed in your house or your business. Right. I get that, but you can't force me to put something uh, in my body. That's scary.
3: Now you you brought up uh, Texas, so there's a a, a Domino's right now is partnered with a company called Neuro N U R O, I believe is how you spell it, and it's a uh, you know. Automated self driving car, and they've already started to implement a pizza delivery service that's completely autonomous. Wow. So
1: you order a pizza and it just drives your
3: house? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm, isn't that crazy?
1: That is Wow. Crazy. That is really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's
3: happening right now. But You know, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a time when Domino's almost completely went under. It was like, uh, I, I want to say it was like 10, 15 years ago. And yeah, they got made, a new CEO. And then oh, then
1: man. Talk about thing. a comeback story. Hey, hey dude. so I got a question for you, right? How, how, how soon until, how long until oh, there it is, right those right there. trucks start to get hijacked? Oh, yeah. Think about that, right? Really? You're going to risk going (laughs) to jail over a pizza, bro? Dude, it's Uh, okay. You get get a bunch of teenage kids who are like, oh, uh, fuck. And there's no one in there. You're like, fucking take it out. It's a pizza truck. Yeah, dude.
3: Like, why wouldn't Think about that. I don't think so. That'd be a prime target. Well, here's the thing. How many pizza truck deaths? Well, Well, okay, here's the the thing. It's going to be, it's a low low risk for Domino's. I mean, what's the worst that happens? You get eight. Pizza stole from you? Was that yeah. an expensive ass uh, AI car? Yeah, you know. yeah, but I mean, at, at the ri- and, and I'm sure they got cameras and sensors. Well, there's all no money them. on
1: it, right? It's all yeah, all that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's
3: like, so I mean, it, you're gonna get you're gonna get six pizzas. Like a, a, you're some kid. Like what kid is gonna want? It? I mean, you got to be pretty. Stupid. I don't know,
1: dude. I was a pretty shitty kid, and I'm not that, not that. I would do this, but if I was gonna throw a rock at a moving okay. vehicle, it would have been an autonomous. So vehicle. how does
2: it get delivered from there to the person? So it just showed up right there. Doug, show, show you up.
1: probably walk up to it, and he, you probably have your app, and it opens and it the door, scans it. Up
2: open yeah it opens okay. the door and it's yeah I'd be, like, your... I'd be like i'd be like skitching you know behind it remember this, in uh oh that game yeah that? dude or, 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 or that
3: rollerblade game where you grab the i can't believe you, you grab the what bumper a great, what a great reference there guy. yeah dude so you get
2: on a skateboard did you do and that and you skitch you know behind behind the the car and so you do that and wait for it what to stop and then boom movie. taking hold taking on second. Pizza. did you
1: ever do that yeah. yeah
2: you actually held on to a car with <laughs> your skateboard yeah because yeah. i was with a bunch of idiots no you didn't yeah we did that dude it was scary we did it like in local air. It wasn't like it was any busy roads. Oh, that's dangerous. It is really dangerous. Laughing? Because did you do a- it too? No, but it's just a dumb
3: conversation. Why, I mean. why, is, there, <laughs> why, why is this so dumb?
2: dumb? You never sketched? Did you live, lived, dude. Did you go
3: fast? <laughs> well, I mean, fly, you're holding <laughs> onto a car. No, I only went two miles an hour and I had my <laughs> yeah. buddy take me around the parking lot. <laughs> it was so dangerous. crazy. Yeah, listen. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, no. That's a car,
1: dude. It's yeah. going hella fast. I know. I you know. It's stupid. 100% percent was a helmet.
3: It was a thing in like the late 80s, early 90s. Marty McFly did it. Yeah, it yeah. It was popular. I don't know who, who made it popular. That was a very popular Nintendo game. I loved that. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. That was a great game. Was it, was it Sega. Really? Sega or Nintendo. I don't is, remember which one. It's it It's it called Sketchin. Sketching was a game. Yeah, I think Sketchin was the name of the game. Check it out, Doug. Pull it up. I'm pretty sure Sketchin. Yeah, yeah. That was a great game. Did you own a Sega too? Yeah, I had all the. Gaming. You had Genesis, I had Nintendo, I, from from Atari, from Atari all the way. Did to, oh. you have Dreamcast? I did. Yeah. Oh, I got wow. one. Wow, I got one for you. Did you Turbo Graphics sixteen? So I didn't get the tur- because that Ooh, was my like, That was short lived. That was very short. Remember yeah, Bonk's yeah. Adventure on there? I do remember yeah. that one. The big old head guy looked like Justin. Yeah. <laughs> there, it <laughs> there it is. There it is. Nineteen ninety four. Wow. I love Skeet that. I love that game. Dog, look up. You pick up like pipes and you're racing people on the cars. Uh huh. And you you beat Yeah, you beat people off the car. Such a good game. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's good.
1: really cool. Yeah, yeah. Good times. So, Adam, I wanted to ask you, you were on, because um, both you and I uh, did the, like, it was like, a, was it Jason Phillips has a group with yes. NCI? Yes, So, it's this group of trainers, so these are people he's coaching, and um, basically they're asking you questions. What was your impression of the whole thing?
3: Oh, uh, really good. I mean, I don't know what Jason talked to you about, um, but he, he talked a lot about, like, scaling a company, and then, like, while you're, and even also, like, starting like, in the direction. So, he's got a lot of, like... Uh, entrepreneurs that he mm-hmm. he attracts, like people that are... Building. These are all trainers that are trying to build their business. Yeah, and so a lot of them are aspiring to to do something similar to like Mind Pump. And, you know, the, I always talk about the whole, the value thing, right? Like it's, in every, in every uh, time you purchase anything, it always comes down to two things, value and price. And, you know, th- this was something that we were all very, very aware of before we did this because of our experience and, and other businesses. And knew that even though this was a completely new medium for me, we are us when we knew no idea about what we we're doing. We knew that the, the ultimate goal was, can we provide so much damn value that whatever we sell seems so, you know, It It makes it just, it's like a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, Oh my God, I feel I would have paid hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars to get the wisdom that these guys have given me for free. So the fact that they're offering these programs for whatever price, it's a no brainer. And I, and so I always kind of drill that home to an audience like that is to get that across to them that, you know, stop looking at what all the other Instagram models and people are doing to hack the algorithms. It's like, Go to the value thing. And if you can't convince people, and here I say this to anybody who wants to do something similar, if you can't convince people to get something from free from you, you you you, you gotta stay there. You're not ready for that's true. That's the first level, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're not, it's not buy, it's free. Yeah, you're not ready to sell anybody anything or build a business. If you cannot convince people to pay attention to you for free, or give you an email address for free, because you're giving that you're providing them something, then you're not doing a good enough job giving them enough value. They don't even see it's not even worth them giving their email up because they don't see, think you're getting enough value. Yeah. So don't try and sell them something. That's one of the worst things that you can do. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's
1: funny you can you can really judge, I guess, a company or you know just by the people that work there or that follow it. And um I, every time I meet somebody who's under his tutelage or from NCI, they love it. They all the trainers there. You know, I, cause they would ask me questions and I asked them questions back. Yeah. And they loved they love the whole certification process. They love well, they're fanatical about it. And he does they, they do they do a phenomenal job. And it's it's crazy to me because the online certification market is uh I mean, it's 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 a exploding market. And yeah. he's
3: positioned so well. No, he is. And Jason oh, Wears his heart on his sleeve. Like, and it's one of the things I think that we all love about the guy. I think he, mm. he, he, he always comes from a really good place and you know, he's got a lot of energy. I mean, I don't, I don't envy what he does. I mean, he's, he works his ass off. I mean, that guy is, is working 12 hour days every day and he does, he, he prides himself on, you know, like being connected to everybody. So he's built himself a, a fairly large business And he still really connect all the people that are putting money in his direction. He stays connected to them and is like, he's got the open door policy of like, you send me a message, I'll call you back. Like, and he's that guy. And again, that just speaks to what I was talking about is like, he just provides so much value to all these coaches that the dollar amount that they spend. And he provides so much free, good content that they're like, it's mm -hmm. a no brainer. So
1: Cassie did the, uh, the gut health course. So they have a whole course on gut health Mm -hmm. and she's, Pretty well versed, anyway, because she's dealt with her own gut health issues. Right. So she went through it, and I asked her her opinion, and she's like, "It." She said it was brilliant. Lots of amazing information, and she said it's really good. A, if you're a trainer, but I said, "What about people who aren't trainers?" Obviously, it makes sense if you're a trainer. She said, "If you want to learn more about your own gut health, uh, it's a it's a great place to go because you, you get the cert or whatever. You take the course." but you learn how to help assess yourself and figure out your own stuff. Oh, very cool. Which is good because, I mean, I've dealt with gut health issues and you have to piecemeal together your information. So it's like a one-stop shop type of deal. Very cool. Good stuff.
4: This Quaz brought to you by Organifi. All right. Our first caller is David from California.
0: Hey, what's up, David? How can we help you? Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, first of all, thank you for all that you do. I I, um, I really appreciate it. I've learned a ton from the YouTube channel. Um, I had a question about how to integrate kettlebell kettlebells into a three-day-a-week full-body type program. Um, prior to the pandemic, I had been training like an upper-lower type split, and um, and then when gyms closed we tried a few home programs eventually settled on working with kettlebells which i actually enjoyed a lot in the absence of a barbell um but when the second lock lockdown kind of hit um you know we finally couldn't take it we bought a rig for the patio you know barbell squat rack bench all the stuff we need um and i'm so happy to be kind of back lifting heavy weights and so uh i was able to to recognize a ton of value um from the kettlebell training which was new to me at the time so i guess my question is how can I best integrate some kettlebell training into more bar- barbell dominant three day per week full body type program and still like optimize the benefits of both?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I need more information, though. What are your fitness goals? Because that, that makes a difference.
0: Um, definitely strength, um, strength, aesthetics. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So
1: you're looking to get stronger and, and look good. Okay. So, stronger, look better. So kettlebells are uh, another form of resistance, just like dumbbells, barbells, you know, cables, or even resistance bands. And uh, yeah. now if, you're, if your goals were a little bit different, let's say your goals were athletic performance, or then my answer might be a little different, but your, your goals are pretty general. I want to get stronger. Yeah. I want to look better. In that case, what you want to do is you want to look at the tools that you're going to use for resistance training. And use them for, uh, in the, with the exercises that they're best suited for. For example, uh, if you're going to do loaded squats and you want to go heavy, uh, it's hard to beat a barbell. Barbell is going to be one of your mm-hmm. best tools for heavy, you know, loaded squats. Um, if you're going to do a, a windmill, um, kettlebells are one of the best uh, devices you can use. And that mainly mm-hmm. has to do with the way that the weight is loaded and how it sits on your forearm. So there's a few exercises I love kettlebells for. I love them for kettlebell specific exercises. So like swings, uh, obviously you wanna do swings, you're gonna use a kettlebell over a dumbbell or a barbell. I love (laughs) shoulder presses. Uh, Overhead presses are awesome with a kettlebell. It's a totally different feel. The weight sits lower on the arm, so it's a shorter lever. And it encourages this kind of straight line spiraling effect when you do an overhead press. You could also use kettlebells for some exercises to change the way that the tension feels on the body. For example, when you do a fly, a chest fly, if you use kettlebells, you'll notice you have a different feeling with the tension when you drop the weight and then when you bring it up because the weight sits outside of your arms. Um, so you could play sure. with that you know as well. but honestly my favorite exercise with kettlebells are carries. Swings uh, and overhead presses, uh, uh, Turkish get-ups, and um, what I say, windmills. Those are probably the best exercises I could think of with kettlebells, and I would put those in
2: to replace
1: dumbbell and barbell exercises for those kind of respective body parts
2: or, or goals. Yeah, it sounds to me. <clears throat> well, uh, I know back in the day we we had like a, a smaller program out. It was kettlebell for aesthetics, but we just basically took a lot of. Uh, you know, common exercises and we put them together in kind of an aesthetic type routine. Uh, There's a lot of versatility with kettlebells is the point to that. So, uh, you know, if your goal is to get strong, but also like really trying to shape your body, like there's a way to do that uh, by loading kettlebells. I like to use them personally more for uh, unilateral type training and and it really complements Uh, like barbell training uh, very well because it's such a different stimulus and it's such a different way to, uh, you know, load the body and have to account for that. Uh, And like Sal said, with with unique moves like windmills or bent presses uh, are things where there's a lot more rotation. So any chance that you can add rotation, like in your rows, and your overhead pressing, uh, you, you know any kind of pressing I think it's 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 a very valuable tool for that uh, because of the way it's loaded so um, I, honestly I think that even if you have a an established barbell routine you're already doing you can
3: also add that in as like accessory lifts so uh, David I have a question for you are you are, are we looking to add the kettlebell? exercises into the three-day week routine or are you looking to potentially complement that on off days with the kettlebells is that an option or are we sticking with the three-day routine that because that changes my answer
0: yeah, I'm not married to three days. I mean, I kind of was going with three days because once I switched back to um, doing like a full full body routine, it just worked better for me. Um, but I, I think you know having the the rig on my patio has made it a little bit easier to you know get out there when I can. So I think you know I'm not married to three days necessarily. Maybe maybe more as a complimentary type of uh, type okay. of.
3: Okay, yeah. cool. Because that definitely changes my answer. So at first, I mean, your main goal is strengthen the way you look. So to be honest, like yeah. running the three body, uh, three three day a week, barbell routine is going to get you the most strength and probably build like the best aesthetic physique. Now, I love to use kettlebells. How I and your goals kind of align with kind of my goals. So how I like to do it is I normally pick one, two, three max of these kettlebell exercises that the guys both brought up. And I, I might do that on an just on an off day. So like I have my three full full body routine day or routine. And then in the middle in there, I might do Turkish get ups, windmills, and carries. That's it. You know, it'll be a 20, 30 minute type of routine. And I'm just going to practice the skill of those movements. One thing that's cool about kettlebells is they, they're they definitely high skill type of exercises and, and takes a lot of practice to get good at it. You probably will have to work on some mobility if you are limited in some movements like windmills and things yeah. like that and like Turkish get up, which I think is really challenging. So I like to just pick one or two of those, those movements and just practice them and get good at it. And I would either one add them into my three day week routine or two set a day aside where it's like, this is my like kind of functional day. I'm just going to work on mobility. I'm going to work on these two or three kettlebell movements. And the goal is not to push the weight really hard. It's just to get better at the movement that will carry over into your three-day three day routine, and not, your desired outcome when you're training the kettlebells is more about the movement and the art of it and the skill of it versus like really hammering the weights. Save the hammering the weights and your growth and your strength and changing your physique for the three-day-a-week routine. That's how I would do it, and by the way, there's no wrong answer here. I think everything that everybody said it works. It's really finding what works best for you.
0: Got it. That's awesome. No, that's uh, that helps a lot. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem, David. Very Thanks cool. for calling cool.
1: in. Yeah, it's uh I you know, I never used kettlebell. Actually, a lot of most people didn't use kettlebells for a long time and then mm-hmm. i don't know it was probably what would you say like
2: you wouldn't even find them in gyms back in the day no i think it was what early like, like 90s i think it really started to take off yeah, yeah but i didn't really see them yeah i was gonna say just i don't remember 2000 well i guess i was uh, an early adopter yeah
3: yeah you were you were but even when you worked for me at hillsdale there wasn't a kettlebell in there no yeah that's no. true it wasn't in the gyms no uh, i had to go i had to go seek yeah it, there so. was always so i always had like and it started probably in 0506 i was gonna
2: say like early 2000
3: yeah 0506 i'd say i it always had like one trainer, yeah. that one guy who was like into like different moves. Usually it was a Russian guy, the because- guy because- who
1: read Pavel's book, yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah.
3: Well, because, too, one of the main reasons why it wasn't adopted early by your normal big gym trainer was because it was like a thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar certification. Yeah, it was yeah. really expensive, it was yeah. very expensive to get certified in kettlebells. And, and nobody
1: or- just nobody knew how to use them, you know. Right, You're, you know, the irony is kettlebells yeah. are the original weights, they're the free, the yes. first free weights were kettlebells. In fact, that's what we're, that's what dumbbells were called because it was a bell that didn't make sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then somebody created the dumbbell, used the term, and then they had to change the name to kettlebell. But they've been around for a long time. You can see the, the very first strongmen who were using weights. They didn't have dumbbells. They had barbells with round ends, and then they had kettlebells. And I didn't use them for a long time. And to be quite honest, you know, aside from the kettlebell-specific exercises, like you're not going to do a swing with a, a dumbbell or a barbell very well at all. Right. Um, there are some exercises, I think, even traditional exercises, that I think kettlebells are better for. Yeah. Yeah. Overhead presses. If, I prefer a kettlebell overhead press to a dumbbell. over. If I had to pick, and I like them both, I'll do yeah. them both. But if I had to pick, I like the kettlebell version. Well, better. there's
3: a reason for that, right? It follows the natural spiraling of the shoulder as you press for one. And two, it's loaded on the back of your wrist, which naturally pulls. It, it helps pull your back. It helps right. pull back. the arms mm-hmm. back behind your head. One of the number one problems when teaching a shoulder press to almost any and every client is the the you know the the forward shoulders when they press up the arching of the low back mm-hmm. loading the kettlebells on the back of the wrist when you press it follows that spiral rotation and in addition to that it puts the it's weight it's also in. just
1: a fuller range of motion. I mean, you could do an Arnold press, I guess, with a dumbbell, but with a kettlebell, it's like it, it's ideal for for something
2: like yeah, that. Yeah, it's one of the oldest tools out there, you know, that uh, has still has relevance today. So it's like one of those things. Like obviously, uh, it stood the test of time for a reason. Our next caller is Kenzie from Ohio. Hi, Kenzie. How can we help you?
6: Hi, guys. Uh, It's nice to talk to you. I've listened to you for probably about five years now, so this is pretty cool. Um, So a little background on me. I'm currently 18 weeks pregnant with identical twin girls. I'm a twin. My mom's a twin as well, so I guess it just runs in the family. Um, My background is college soccer at Ohio State. Um, I've ran a marathon, and then I had a hip surgery, um, and then I got into bodybuilding. So that was for about probably three years, then got engaged, so focused kind of on family. Um, So now being pregnant with my training background, it's been a little difficult. Um, It's not as fun to lift when I'm not lifting as heavy. Um, So that's been a little difficult. So lifting is kind of just two times a week maybe now, if that. Um, So because my twins are identical, I'm high risk. So my activity has gone down a little bit. So I'm just curious, kind of getting ahead of myself, but once I have the babies and I'm cleared to work out, what is the best option to start with? Um, Because I know my core will be really weak and probably have lost like a ton of muscle. So I'm just kind of curious with my background, but I I know how to do lifts. We have a full gym in my house. um, So just kind of curious, kind of where to go from there once the babies are born.
3: So Kenzie, the hardest thing for you is going to be uh, your com- your competitive mindset and and knowing yeah. <laughs> knowing how to steer that correctly. Uh, just hearing your background, uh, collegiate level athlete, uh, yeah. bodybuilder, competitor, uh, it sounds like you're kind of a badass, and you've def- <laughs> <Thank> you're you. <laughs> you're definitely going to be in a different situation here. And starting slow and right is going to be really really important. And you're going to be challenged uh, to get impatient. So that that was the first thing that I want to start I off got with. Cut out. Can you hear me? Well, I'm going to finish telling you what, or tell Kenzie what I would have told her anyways, whether she can hear me or not. So the thing that I I would say is that you got to be very careful on on the, the desire to. And I know Justin will be able to speak to this really well too, because he has a, a competitive mindset too. Is uh, going slow and gradual, right? So the goal is always to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. Uh, in your case, I think that uh, MAPS starter would be the ideal place to start. And the one thing that again you're going to be challenged with is if you've got a competitive bodybuilding type of background, it's not like heavy barbell squats, it's not movements like that. But it's definitely where you sh- you should be right now before you progress into something like a MAPS anabolic.
1: Yeah, you know when you're when you're training um, first off to post pregnancy, a lot of your success post pregnancy is going to be what you did before you got pregnant. And what you did mm-hmm. during your pregnancy. Now, two days a week of resistance training during pregnancy is plenty to prevent a lot of muscle loss and to maintain some strength. So that's actually really, really good, especially considering that you're pregnant uh, with twins, um, which you know makes things much more difficult. Post-pregnancy, Adam said, Map Starter. That's the best program I would recommend. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Map Starter, or for people who are listening who aren't familiar with Map Starter, um, essentially you want to train. A lot of unilateral exercises, uh, so one leg, one arm. You want to use a stability ball. You want to go light, and you want to focus on full range of motion, and you really want to practice the movements. Don't push the body. Allow your body to slowly progress, and and consider this, because I've trained a lot of women pre-, during-, and post-pregnancy, and the three months post-pregnancy is the hardest. After about four or five months – then the body really starts to kick into gear. So what you're doing that for that first few months is really just getting your body to move right, getting your core to function again because you're going to be just so disconnected from some of the muscles in your core. So getting those to fire, getting everything to, to kind of strengthen. After about four, five, six months, then you'll start to feel, and this is the comment I used to get from pregnant women all the time or, or post-pregnant women all the time, was after about five or six months, they'd come to me and say, oh, I'm starting to feel like myself again. Mm -hmm. And then we would start to kind of ramp uh, things up, um, and then their bodies would progress rather quickly. But post-pregnancy, you're just trying to move, get your body to reconnect because, uh, and just for lack of a better term, during pregnancy, it feels like, and in, in
2: some cases this is true, your body's not yours. And yeah. <laughs> what I mean by that's it's not it's the- transforming into something else. <laughs> yeah. And that's
3: it feels uh, the- very very accurate. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Like to Adam's point, it's it's such a mental hurdle, especially I think for athletes to really change the mindset and change, you know, the approach towards what is sort of like, I mean, it's your home base. Like Training used to be, uh, it meant something completely different when you'd go to approach it. And so I think just really kind of putting your your mind around what's going to be best, uh, you know, in terms of like listening to your body, feeling your body as you're working out and trying to come in with more of a calm headspace. I think that, uh, you know, that's really going to help a lot.
1: Yeah. So here's your two the two options for someone like you, cause I think Adam opened it up with, and he hit the nail square on the head. Okay. Here's your two options. Either one, you go slower than you think mm-hmm. and slowly allow your body to adjust and progress. Or here's the other thing that would probably happen with someone like you, which I've experienced with clients is you end up uh, injuring yourself, which is actually quite common. And that really sets you back. Your mm-hmm. pelvic floor muscles uh, will probably have, some stuff going on there at the very least some disconnection with some of your pelvic floor especially Atrophy. if you deliver you know the babies um, even if you don't there's gonna be some stuff going on you're not connected to your core muscles uh, they all have to stretch you can't fire them as well in fact uh, when you're when you're after you have the baby when you right. go to do anything with your core it's all hip flexors you're gonna feel like there's no core stability whatsoever the relaxing uh, hormone that or chemical that's released during pregnancy that loosens your body up when you have twins there's more of that. Um and so you're going to be a bit hypermobile meaning you're lacking some stability. So going slow is the name of the game and if you push yourself too hard with lack of stability, you know, pelvic floor muscles not being connected or possibly injured which is quite common with, you know, core weakness, you can run into some problems that then become long-term chronic problems and it's not uncommon to get a, you know, to get a female client who Used to be an athlete and then they had a baby and then they tried to work out on their own. Then they'd come hire me and they'd say something like, you know, after I had my son six years ago, I've had this chronic back pain or this chronic hip pain. And then it's like backtracking is very, very difficult. So go very slow. Take your time. You've got great muscle memory. that's going to work on Mm -hmm. your side. It's going to take about three to five months for you to start to feel like your body is what it used to be um, or even a semblance of it. So take your time. Map starter, perfect program. And again, if you're listening and you don't know what map starter is, it's a lot of unilateral exercises, a lot of stability, and it's using a physio ball, uh, through a lot of the exercises. Perfect.
6: Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. No problem,
1: Kenzie. And we're going to send you map starter if you don't have it. Okay.
6: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. No problem.
1: Appreciate the support. Yeah, there was a there was a period of time where this was like I had a lot of clients that I trained that were either pregnant, gonna get pregnant, or just had a baby. Because I, I mm-hmm. trained, uh, you know, I, I had a studio for over 15 years, and I trained one woman, and then she was a part of like a mom's group, and so I just started getting all these moms, just all moms, and the challenges with uh, pregnancy and post pregnancy are unique. They're very unique oh, yeah. to anybody else. And it's literally like your core post, you know, pro, post, you, you don't, it's its like, you don't it, imagine having to trying to get a muscle to contract and you don't even know how anymore. Right. That's literally what it, what it feels it's an like. Out of so, body
2: experience for sure.
1: Yeah. So you got to take your time and go slow, but I'll, I'll, I can't stress this enough. Uh, and Jessica's experienced this right now. Uh, <laughs> she's obviously my wife. My son now is five, a uh, little over five months old. And I just did some body fat caliper test on her. And she's down to 22%. And she's just getting leaner. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, she's like, I'm not even working out that much. I'm only working out two or three. (laughs) Roaring metabolism. Yeah, she's She's only working out a couple days a week. Yeah, yeah, she's working out a couple days a week because the baby's barely sleeping, so she has to focus on sleep. She's like, why? She's like, this is weird. I'm like, honey, you were so consistent with resistance training before the baby Mm -hmm. and during your pregnancy
2: that you set yourself up really well. Well that's the thing. Yeah, if you have all that going into pregnancy it makes it so much easier to to rebound. And then also too, it was it was crazy when Courtney was breastfeeding, it was like all of a sudden it was like this fat burning machine like mm. turned on. And so that's another benefit to it, even though it's very difficult and it's a struggle, you know, things like that, you know, that your body, uh, you know, will provide. It's pretty interesting.
3: Yeah. I would love to see her not only do uh, starter, but I would love to see her like follow the maps prime pro webinar that I did. That is something that I would ask her to mm-hmm. do, too. I think just that'll help get her reconnected to totally. everything. Yeah, you got to kind of piece it back together. Yeah, and it's something she can do on her living room floor, do it once a week in there. I think it's just a great way to get her back in the routine. The thing whenever I hear someone like that, like right away, I think, oh, man, this girl's got... Competitive background. She's bodybuilded before. Oh, like, yeah. She's going you know. to yeah, want to go to work Yeah, the desire. I mean, it's just like it's no different. I mean, it's very different than obviously my knee surgery, right? Having a baby is nothing like that. So I don't want to <laughs> fucking get – I don't want all the women to <laughs> – I know what it's to, like having, yeah, having a baby. Yeah, yeah, knee baby. I don't want all the women to crucify <laughs> me, for saying I put my mean, knee once. <laughs> what, I, what I mean is having a competitive mindset to get back because you know what your body is capable <laughs> totally. of. And I can relate to that, right? Again, I can't relate to having a baby, but I can relate to the thinking that I can do much I did more. Have
2: a yeah. <laughs> when, so,
3: my body, when my body says I can't, and sure shit, that's exactly—I re-injured myself, set myself back six more months, and so. Yeah, taking it slow, listening to your body is going mean, to be crucial. Truth
1: be told, the most, some of the most challenging clients I've ever trained in my entire life were ex-athletes. Oh yeah, they're oh, so hard. They're, they're stubborn. You got to slow
4: them down. They're stubborn and they too. don't, they don't get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah.
1: they have this. They just remember how their body used to be, and it's like it's not the same, dude. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Our next caller is Sam
1: from Saudi Arabia. Oh, cool! From Saudi Arabia. How you doing, Sam? How
7: can we help you? Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me.
1: No problem. What's your question?
7: Uh. So. Um we started uh, the the month of Ramadan today, where we fast the during the day and uh, we eat during night. So my plan is to um, heavy lifting for, you know, for free weights during the day. I don't want to heavy lifting uh, during um, the eating window. So my you know, my plan is to work out for thirty minutes of heavy of free weights. Uh, for 30 minutes, maximum. Yani. So, um, and uh, I want to ask you about the nutrition that, that I should take during the eating window. What should I eat? Any yani more carbs, more protein, fats?
1: Okay. That's actually a great question. You know, uh, so many people practice this. I don't think uh, he's going to like your answer though, right? I I think I know where you're going to go. Well, yeah, a lot of people practice this. And uh, number one, um, I I appreciate this practice. I think uh, spiritual practices and spiritual health is very important. Um, As far as your question is concerned... You know, what you would eat during your eating window would be really no different than what you would eat uh, that would be considered healthy for your body uh, if you were to eat all day long. Now, first and foremost, training fasted, totally fine. Not eating right after your workout, nothing really wrong with that. If you have a big issue with that, I would recommend then working out right before your eating window. As far as diet is concerned, now I've trained clients who practice Ramadan. And there's a couple common things that I've run into with some of these clients, not all of them, but a few of them, where they do the the fasting window, right? But as soon as the sun goes down and then they can eat, they end up uh, overeating. They end up binging, right? So it ends up becoming a, a fast and then feast kind of mentality. So my recommendation revolves around uh, kind of you know slowing down that initial feeding process. So when you're ready to eat – Maybe eat a healthy meal. Give yourself something, a little bit of structure. So the first meal you eat is more of a structured meal. Then wait 30 minutes to an hour, and then go ahead and continue to eat. I would prioritize whole natural foods, proteins, and fats. I would leave carbohydrates uh, towards the end. Just again, in my experience, that tends to reduce overeating. Vegetables also, you could start your meals with vegetables. So kind of prioritize the more important food first, Allow yourself to eat until you're satisfied, but be careful to eat past the point of satisfaction.
3: I'm gonna. uh, I mean, I'm gonna add a little bit to this. First, I I just really think that when when we're doing a practice like this, I think that the main goal is is the spiritual side of this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and the truth is when. And I've got this question a lot. I've, I've answered this many many times, and. The normal, the con- normally the concern from the person that's asking it is that they don't want to lose their gains, right? They've been training for a while, and they're like, "Okay, Ramadan is here. I don't want to have 14 days where I slide way back." And the truth is, you're not, if, especially if you're training during this time, right? If you continue to lift, uh, the the setback that you may have in this these two weeks is going to be minimal, and your body will respond respond and rebound right away. So the first thing I would say is, um, I wouldn't get that hung up on this when the, the real idea and objective of doing Ramadan is, is the the spiritual practice of that. Right. And, and, and to be working inward. So, and that is a part of health and that's going to only benefit you getting stronger and being better in life. So I, I would, I would tell you to do that first. And then really, if you're asking more specific about food, uh, More towards Sal's advice, I would really just target. I would target my proteins, fats, and then lots of veggies. Like that's, I would make sure that when I look at my plate of food, I'm getting a high amount of protein because I didn't eat all day long. So I'm probably eating a a a big old piece of meat, having a a bunch of vegetables, and then after that, I would have some carbohydrates, like Sal's saying. So that would be like my main focus. But again. If you're training during this time, uh, you're already going to be sending a signal to the body to, to to hang on to whatever muscle you have. The main focus um, would would be the spiritual practice for me. I, I, I don't do enough of that. I don't do enough mm-hmm. of stopping my life and becoming present and working inward. That's why I love this practice. I love that you guys schedule the 14 days every year like this. I think that this is a great opportunity for you to focus on that stuff. And don't worry. If you're training, you're going to be okay, and you're going to come Good. right out of it when you when you get done.
1: Now, I do want to add, uh, of course, your training probably should be uh, a little bit. It should be less easier, intense, yeah, yeah. Le- lo- less intensity, slower, um, because you're not eating or drinking, um, oh, and so having someone train really hard without food, but especially without fluids or water, um, can cause uh, some problems. So, really train very easy. Um, you know, mind how your body is. Personally, again, in my experience, clients have either had success training first thing when they wake up, um, or right before they go and feast. But either way, it's uh, you, you still have to be very careful, especially because you're not drinking, uh, you know, fluids. That's the big thing I would say. Be careful for. Does that answer your question?
7: All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me.
1: No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. Um, Thank you. You're, you're, it's practiced by, I think, something like one and a half
3: billion people. People uh, worldwide. Wow, yeah. really that many? A huge, mm-hmm. a huge amount of people uh, practice this and run. The, so it's it's thirty days long. They can't eat all day until nighttime,
1: sunrise and sunset. I don't know how long it is. If it's thirty days, or I
3: think you might be right. Uh, yeah. I can, I can. Yeah, look he was up. asking about fourteen days, but I believe it's thirty days, right, Doug?
4: It started on the fourteenth, I believe, of April. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, it, maybe that's why I misunderstood. It go, yeah, it's a whole month. It goes, it goes yeah. through, I think, uh, May thirteenth.
1: Yeah. So and it's no, it's no food, no drink. It's basically you're abstaining from pleasurable things no sex no food no drink
3: you're supposed to pray a lot during Mm -hmm. the day um i thought it wasn't part of the practice they they choose something they want to give up isn't that part of it
1: um, I don't know if don't they know. add anything they to do it that those for are Lent
3: but yeah it's different. Those oh, are the, maybe maybe that's what I'm getting that mixed up. Yeah sense.
1: that's different this yeah this is Islam and this is and it's again no food no drink no sex um, and it's sunrise to sunset. Yeah so
2: now do a lot of people actually do obviously it's nighttime that's going to be the focus but do, do people wake up earlier you know so where it's still dark where they can eat in the morning?
1: Um I've had clients that'll do that as well. Yeah. Um so they'll start the day before the sun right but the big challenge I've seen is The, you know, when you get to the point where the sun goes, that's right then the sun goes down and then it's like, I'm going to eat all kinds of crazy And that's the
3: truth is, uh, and your answer with the Mm -hmm. eat how you normally would eat. I know, I I can, I know, I know exactly where his, where his head is at. It's, it is always the, I don't want to lose my gains I want to, or I want to build during this process still. And it's like really the, the, the 30 days of low calorie is not going to do anything but probably lean you out and probably be Mm -hmm. good for your body. So do it, especially if he's still continuing training he is not going to regress as much. You might see a little no. bit of a strength loss. You might lose a little tiny bit of muscle, but nothing. It's a total t-
2: different shift of focus, and I think that you just have to embrace it, and that, that's hard to do because like you're so focused on trying to transform your body and build muscle and all that. You just got to shift your
1: focus. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, if somebody was otherwise very consistent, so let's say 11 months out of the year, they're very consistent with their diet, with their training, yeah. I think it's a great sleep. practice. Yeah, I I I honestly think so no a no training, no nothing. I think a thirty day break completely break or easy movement. You know, maybe focus on mobility. Yeah. If anything, they'll probably get better results. Now, I don't. I'm, I'm careful when I say this. because I don't want people to do this for this reason. I think it's that the reason should be for the spiritual gains that you get from it, not the right. physical gains. But I think the side effect of this honestly would be better. Physical, it's like a deload month you're focusing on other things you're focusing on maybe on mobility but really it's a spiritual and it's you're taking a break wisdom. this is like
2: mm-hmm. is one of those practices that has you know stood the test of time like in a lot of religions they do they, they do these things for a reason because it does benefit
4: your your overall health that's right our next caller is maria from california hey maria how can we help you
5: Hey guys, I want to start off saying thank you for taking my question and for this podcast. You guys put out so much good information. Thank you. So my question is, what program can I follow to complement my Olympic lifting training? For context, I have been Olympic lifting inconsistently for two years now and have decided to perfect my technique and build strength, strength in my snatch and clean and jerk this year. My clean and jerk have been progressing nicely but I have a hard time going up in weight with my snatch and because of my weak core and my upper body and more specifically in the receiving position of the snatch. When I start the movement, my core is engaged, I'm doing good, but as soon as I do the second pull into the receiving position, my core is not engaged, my arms get wobbly, and I miss the lift. Mm-hmm. So, what program can I follow to help build up my core and upper body for a fast movement like the snatch?
1: Oh, okay. So, that yeah, yeah, great detail. Yeah. That yeah. really helps a lot. So, okay, so there's a couple things going on here, in my opinion. Now, you're talking about any specific position. With a specific movement you feel like your core mm. turns off. Now, a real this may be a simple answer in this case in the sense where right. I would put you in that position with weight, not the weight that you work out with, but lighter weight. So get in that receiving position. Work on that
2: overhead squat yeah. specifically.
1: There you go. Get in that receiving position, hold some weight and practice bracing your core. The goal is to activate the core and hold it for 10-15 seconds because What it sounds like is it doesn't necessarily – it sounds like you're having trouble connecting at specific portions of the movement. So what you want to do is focus specifically on those portions of the movement while connecting with an isometric hold to start with and then maybe some overhead uh, squats like Justin was talking about. Now, as far as program is concerned, um, Maps Prime is going to help you the most with some of this uh, kind of stuff. But specifically speaking – Get in that position where you feel like your core is turned off, go lighter, hold that position, and then your goal is to turn those muscles on and see if you can hold
3: and brace while in that position that you normally feel things turn on. Well, this reminds me a lot of like the um, – we, we get probably every week I think uh, at least one question is like a sport-specific type of question, right? This is very similar. Olympic lifting mm-hmm. is a is a sport. And so nothing is going to get you better at performing the movements in the sport than actually doing the sport itself, right? So practicing Mm -hmm. those movements, there's things that can complement, like I think you guys both just alluded to. But as much as I would like to tell you to go run out and get MAPS Anabolic and Performance and Aesthetic and, oh, use that with these programs, and not that they wouldn't complement or help what you're doing – But I also would not want it to take away from your time of practicing these moves. Those—that's the thing that's going to get you better than anything else.
2: Yeah, I love. uh, Yeah, all that, especially uh, isometrics. Uh, I think that it's so underutilized by athletes too, and that's why I'm always trying to bring it up. Uh, You know, we mentioned Prime Pro. It does have isometric movements in there, but it's one of those like real safe ways to really ramp up max intensity uh, and be able to, you know, really get that central nervous system response without a lot of damage, and so. So I think that you know there's a big opportunity there, especially if there's a disconnect anywhere in you know in that chain while you're you're performing these really high skilled movements uh, to slow down, stop, and, and wherever that discrepancy lies,
3: let's let's really dig into that. Let's let's find where that is and start to to ramp that process up. So Justin, since it's in the catch position for her, are you are you alluding to like? Her getting in that catch position and then creating like an isometric yeah. tension. Like even low, if what yeah, would e- that look like? So
2: even if you have like a dowel bar and you're emulating it as a barbell, and I'm getting into that position, I'm going down that position. Now I'm I'm pulling outward. I'm getting more tension in the grip. I'm getting that. Through all the way through my arms in the full lockout position, I'm squeezing. I'm trying to connect to my core. I'm getting my hips involved, my glutes, everything else, uh, and just really, you know, focusing on a five to even 15 second just max squeeze effort, and that's one rep.
1: Yeah, when any, I mean, just to put it very plainly, if there's a any portion of a lift, if you feel a disconnect at the bottom of the lift, in the middle, at the top. What you, what you can do is just practice that portion of the lift with an, an isometric connection. So get in that bottom position and see if you can turn your core on. And then when you can, see if you can turn it on even more and get it tighter and tighter. Once you feel like you could turn it on at will then you can start to load it slowly uh, over time and then when that feels like you've got your
3: the hang of it then you go back into your full movement i could also see some value in doing like cuz it's in in the front rack position if i heard that correctly right mm-hmm. it's a front rack position when she gets down is is it is snatch it, no so snatch overhead. overhead oh is that right yeah, is yeah, it yeah. make sure i'm clear on this before yeah, maria she, is she shake her head yeah. yeah yeah yeah
5: it's yeah it's in the, the full snatch so you're the bar's above your head and you're in a full squat
3: oh so when you catch up. okay yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah i i think actually doing that with light. Weight and doing that full range, like really slow and controlled, like tempo. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing like tempo squats. I know Olympic lifting is more explosive, and so you're you're normally doing everything fast. But to train the core and better connection, I would actually do like tempo squats with it overhead.
1: Yeah, and and, and you know what's happening here is to get into position. Which I mean, uh, let's be honest: if you're doing a, a snatch and you're up in that position, there's a lot of technique, skill, and mobility that's involved. And what's probably happening is. You might be lacking connection or mobility in one part of your body, and right. you're turning your core off to force your body to get into position. So, and it's it's hard to guess specifically what the issue
2: is. Yeah. But if you do an isometric at the bottom and turn your core on, that's 100% where I'd start. It may be unexpected too. Maybe just you know you don't have the the right amount of of mobility and stability in your ankle, and so then now it's affecting you up the chain, and right. you know, and you're losing that sort of connection just right in that spot. So yeah, I, I would totally go through each uh,
3: checkpoint in terms of your joints and see how they're functioning. One last thing I'd add. Maria, do you follow Sonny Webster?
5: Yes. I saw all those videos and I, I've been working on those mobility for like during COVID and I actually have really good mobility. My coach at the gym tells me I have the best mobility from anyone he's ever seen. So I don't know if it's a mobility issue, but he tells me like, Oh, it's your weak core. And I asked him what to do. And he's like, Oh, do planks. And I'm like, okay. Like, like plank all day, like I don't know. No, it wasn't specific. it's it's yeah, it's, it's,
1: a, it's a connection issue. Meaning, in a
3: particular position, that's right. You feel mm-hmm. your core turn off. You could but, have the strongest plank in the world and still have the same right. problem. Correct,
1: correct. So you got to practice this position and turning your core on in this position. That's the that's really the only thing that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. Oh,
5: okay.
3: All right. Thank you for calling.
5: Thank you so much. Bye, guys. No
3: problem. All right. Yeah. But I love the the detail in that question. Oh, yeah. That's uh, yeah. a great question. That's a good question, right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. somebody giving you that much detail really helps, like, kind of get to the bottom yeah, of it. Yeah.
1: I would say, uh, of the three of us, Justin probably has the best snatch. What would, what would you say? <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw yeah. his snatch once. Yeah. yeah Let's really yeah. Nice. It talk like, about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, hold yeah. It, holds it well.
2: <laughs> there was one more thing I wanted to add, though. Like, is talk about playing. Like, it, I, I do see some value in a uh, hollow body position. Yes. And so that's something that, like, a lot of gymnasts do to be able to get, that kind of connection throughout, uh, through your limbs, yeah. through your entire body all at once. Well, and the reason for that is because you're, like, in that fully spread out. Yeah, you're fully yeah. extended. Yeah, so if Which, I was a coach, I'd probably have our arms in that wide position, too, yeah. and
3: then try to transfer all of that force through yeah. the entire And that's body. really what it is. You want to emulate the, that movement. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what I was talking about with we get athletes all the time, right? I'm a basketball player. I want to get in my vert, but then I want to also do all these other things. It's like anything that takes away from you playing basketball is going to make you not yeah. as good at playing the, basketball. basketball same thing goes for an olympic the giveaway for
1: me was when she said it feels strong at other times it just turns off at the bottom position because that that, happens
4: that's right so it's like okay focus on that position Mm -hmm. our next caller is dan from australia
1: dan how's it going man thanks for calling how can we help you
7: hey boys um thanks for taking my call uh my question is uh it's double barreled so um Basically, training in nutrition with a young family. So I'm uh, 39 this year. I'm in pretty decent shape, but and I've uh, followed anabolic and aesthetic previously. I've dabbled in a little bit of uh, split, but uh, oh, not really for me. I like the full body stuff, um, and I guess you know thinking about. Training, where to next after following things like that, I tend to go back and forth. The other one, and it's probably more and more important to me, is the nutrition and how I can take better control of my diet, particularly with a young family and a fairly busy job as a uh, as a middle management teacher, like an assistant principal. Um, I really don't deprive myself, and uh, I think I resonate with that and with the sugar battle. Uh, And although I train regularly and run, I just carry that extra body weight that I just feel like is just grown over time.
1: All right. So the question is uh, essentially how to kind of get a little bit of a better handle over your your diet and in particular uh, sugar type uh, foods. Um, Now, some of the best strategies that I've ever found to work with clients in this regard is the the simple practice of putting barriers in between you and the the types of foods that you tend to find that that trigger you. These are like trigger foods for you, right? So for you it's sugar. For someone else, it might be, you know, a salty uh, type of snack like a potato chip. So that's for me, right? Potato chips for me, that can be a problem. If they're in the house, it's just this it's in the back of my mind and it's this struggle and I find myself heading over to the pantry and having, you know, chips every other hour or whatever. So, put some barriers between you and these foods. So, step number one, don't have them in the house. Um, But don't tell yourself you can't have them. So, what I mean by that is you don't have them in the house, but if you really want it, then you'll go and buy yourself a single serving of whatever you want. So, if you want candy, you go to the store. Don't get the big bag of candy. You get the one single serving of candy. Now, what that barrier is going to do is it gives you enough time to pause And kind of think about what you're doing because trigger foods tend to create this kind of impulsive action, right? Where you you grab it, you eat it, and you're not really thinking about it. Telling yourself that you can have it, but you got to drive all the way to the store to get it might give you, and it usually works, gives you enough time to actually say to yourself, do I really want that? maybe I should have something else instead. Um, and more often than not, uh, or at least more often than now you'll find yourself not, uh, in, you know,
2: engaging that behavior. I have uh, two questions to kind of ask in terms of like, uh, are you getting a, a good amount of sleep? Like, do you feel like, uh, you're tired throughout the day?
7: Um, generally. Yeah. Even though I sleep pretty well, uh, Today might be a battle being 3.30am down here uh, in the land of Oz. But um, yeah, generally I feel all right. Um, Yeah, I really resonate with that if it's mindless.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm just asking because too, I noticed when I was really, you know, like lacking sleep and, and having kids and I was a lot more prone to a lot of those types of foods and that f- kind of found its way into my diet. I had cravings. Uh, so that was something that I had to look into further, how I could improve my quality of sleep.
3: So about uh, four years ago, I don't know if you've been listening that long, Dan or not, but four years ago, uh, the ketogenic diet was getting really popular. And right at that time, I was just coming out of the peak of, of bodybuilding and loving the fact that I, could, I was a monster. I was 235 pounds. I was lean. I could eat about 400 to 500 grams of, of carbohydrates every day, which allowed me to keep my sweets and things in there and still look all right. And I remember all of us talking about it. And we all talked off air and I think Sal was the first one to say, I I, I think I'm going to run this ketogenic diet for a while. And I was like, why the fuck would I do that? I was like, I love the amount of carbs I can consume and get away with. I don't want to do something like that. Well, uh, the self-awareness that I have, I caught myself saying that. I thought, okay, well, that's the exact reason why I should do it is because I I don't want to do it. And let's see how my body will react and respond to it. So... I did, and one of the things that that came out of that more than anything else, uh, one, I'm not a fan of running the ketogenic diet for a long period of time uh, because I think it just limits the amount of like food choices that you have. Like, I got really tired of macadamia nuts, uh, avocado, and just meat butter. Right? Yeah. and butter. Right, it just got really lame for a diet. But what happened because that is a you know essentially no carb diet. Um, my body got really used to eating higher amounts of fats. And I had never in my life up until that point had a a macro profile like that where it was really high fat and then moderate protein and then minimal carbohydrates. And it actually changed uh, the way that I craved carbohydrates. And what I found was I didn't have the sweet cravings that I used to have all the time while I was on that diet. Now, when I decided to come out of that diet and I was no longer running ketogenic, uh, what I what I noticed was as long as I kept my my macro profile with this kind of higher fat and targeting protein first, and then carbohydrates become kind of an afterthought for me. It really minimized the cravings. Um, and today, that's really how I eat. I eat this higher fat and protein type of diet. I still eat carbohydrates, but now my carbohydrate intake is like one fifty to two hundred grams which is significantly lower than what I was. And I notice that it keeps the cravings down. Now, are there times when I eat well above that? Yeah. And there's times when I do that. And a lot of times it's like what Justin alluded to with the sleep, I find myself craving those things. And then I allow more carbs in. And when I notice, it's like this vicious cycle. If I allow the additional carbs, it kicks up that, that appetite and the cravings. And then I want the sweets again. So one of the things that helped me out, and I don't know if you've ever tried that or not, but maybe change your macro profile to where you're eating higher fats, proteins, and then really minimize the type of the amount of carbohydrates and see if that changes your cravings.
7: Yeah.
3: Excellent.
1: Awesome. All right, Dan. And also, Dan, uh, Dan, you said you followed anabolic aesthetic, and I know you're calling from Australia, so it's like you said 3.30 in the morning. You got two small kids. I'd like to give you a free program, okay? So, uh, so pick a program and we'll send it to you for for free.
7: Boys, are legends.
1: Yeah, let us know which which one do you want. Tell us right now so Doug can send that over to you.
7: Let's get strong. All right, yeah. Ugh, good
1: choice. Strong coming your way. Thanks for calling.
7: Cheers, boys.
0: Thanks.
1: No problem. Man, father of two calls at three thirty. What a savage I champion. I, I love the guy. savage. We have you know, we have a huge audience in Australia, and uh, I think uh every single one I've met. It's uh, our it's you know
3: what it is? It's I feel our like sarcasm, they get us. it's our yeah. sarcasm. I think they get us. Yeah. I think they definitely yeah, yeah. get us. We're a little inappropriate for California. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I think we're, we're a rare breed for yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. I think,
2: I think I we have, have, I think we have less California need, people that listen yeah, to us that don't understand us in our own state. Yeah.
1: But you know, I tell you what, man, this is just if you put those barriers between you you and that food, but don't tell yourself you can't have it. You'll find that you'll start to pause and you'll start to, your, your, your behaviors will start to change. Cause look, I'm in the fitness space this is what I do for a living. If I have potato chips in the house, it's like either I eat them or I don't. And it's this constant battle. I don't want to live like that. Just don't have them in the house. So then if I really want them, I'll get in the car and go drive and get myself a small bag. You know how many times I do that? Almost never, because it's almost never worth it for me to get in the car, or drive to yeah, the store. It's to be inconvenient. To do that. That's right.
3: Well, to me, that's the kind of the first step, right? I mean, that's the. To me, it's a no-brainer. Like if you're, it's like a, it's like being a recovering alcoholic and hanging out in bars all the time. Right. It's yeah. like Dude. probably, not, probably a good, not a good idea. Yes. Yeah, and maybe there's people that do that. Like I've heard of bartenders that are recovering alcoholics and they're fine with that. Maybe you know, maybe that small percentage of people yeah. are fine. Not a good strategy for somebody who struggles with those types of cravings but I you know it's been a while since we brought something like this up and talked about this I haven't shared this on the podcast in a long time but time but that was our game changer for me the the when we went Panty through the keto, dropper. yeah that's yeah. right switch yeah. thank you yeah. Justin no problem that, that was uh, when I went through the ketogenic diet um, as much as I didn't like it because of the what it limited my choices of food, what I did love from it is it forever changed my relationship with carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. I have not gone back to anywhere near what I was eating before. And I've noticed that I don't have the same type of cravings. And now I can have ice cream chips or things like that in my house. And I don't feel the same urge as I had before, unless I allow myself to go down that path. Mm-hmm. You know, Like I said, where I start consuming it all the time, but you know, I brought up what a, a month ago or I told you guys, I ate, remember I ordered that, that, uh, Cookie Ugh. that cookie the pie, ice the pie. so that's, ice cream pie. So but that's still in my freezer. Five years ago, that would have never. How happened. How much of it is left yeah. in your yeah, freezer? Yeah, like a, like a third of it still.
1: Oh wow, yeah, yeah, that much. Yeah. So you have a third of that yeah. delicious yeah cookie pie. You just do yeah. like a
3: spoon of it every now and then. Or no, no? I, I mean, I was I, you know uh, maybe now that you're talking about it, watching you it eat. I know, it, right? Because <laughs> I
2: brought it up. You forgot.
3: I did a, kind of forget you about. Just remember. I did kind of forget about it. Tonight I'm having it. No, so no, I really though. I think a lot of it has to do with the, the rest of the day. When I was eating a lot of carbs, where I was—I mean, before I used to try. It to happens
1: get, to me when I eat carbs; I want more of them. Yes, for whatever reason. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It,
3: it kicks that craving up. Where when I fill up on the fats and proteins, yep. it—I don't seem to crave yeah. it the same. Yeah, line. I agree. Look, if you like Mind Pump's content, you gotta head over to MindPumpFree.com.
1: We got a lot of free guides and written information that'll help you reach your fitness goals. Again, it's MindPumpFree.com. You can also find all of us on Instagram. So you can find me at MindPumpSal. Adam at Mind Pump Adam and Justin at Mind Pump Justin.
4: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.